0: This is
1: Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And you'll find that the features on the site are free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites. We give ours away, so enjoy that at freetalklive.com. In fact, the main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content of the website. You go and submit whatever it is you think is interesting, whatever it is you find relevant, uh, you think our listeners might enjoy. You submit it to the website and then other listeners vote as to whether they like or dislike your suggestion. You may also vote on other things. And then the most voted up will make it to the the front page and the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. And it really is a great way for not only our listeners to interact with one another and to share interesting news and videos and blog posts, but it's also a great way for us to uh, kind of get a, a, our finger on a pulse of what our listeners are, are looking to hear about and what our listeners are interested in. And uh, today at the top of the blog, and by the way, joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Uh, joining you. Uh, Mark,
2: you're here. That's right, I'm here. <laughs> I don't know why you, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, you took everything I said so literally. I said it could be as late as Thursday.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. You just can't stay away. You I, can't I, get I, enough. I love, I love my job. So, um, my coworker, on the other hand, we've got <laughs> updates for you to start things out here tonight. First, uh, the news out of Atlanta from CNN Justice. The city of Atlanta will pay four point nine million dollars to the family of Catherine Johnston. Does that name ring a bell?
2: Yes, that's the uh, little old lady that was uh, trying to protect herself in her house uh, that's when right. uh, some some uh, police snitch gave you know just gave bad information to the cops. They decided that that was good enough for them. They busted in with a SWAT team and shot her
3: dead.
1: Yeah, that's right. In um, her home, she was ninety two, by the way. And uh, she was killed in a botched November two thousand six drug raid. And she's not the only person who's been killed in such a such a raid. She's one of the oldest uh, people to be murdered by the police. And perhaps that's why the city. Government people felt they uh, they needed to actually pay out so much in this particular case. I don't know if they would have given the same amount of money if it had been a twenty five year old man or something. No, they like would that. have planted
2: something on him. Like <laughs> mm. what what they do with the uh, yeah. the guy in Alabama? Um, shoot, his name's not coming to mind. My... Mississippi, you mean? Was it Mississippi? There's been so many of them. Yeah, so many of them. They'll just plant stuff on them.
1: Uh, Johnston was shot to death by narcotics officers during a no-knock warrant raid. Uh, investigators later determined the raid was based on falsified paperwork stating that illegal drugs were present in the home. The incident prompted a major overhaul of the Atlanta Police Drug Unit. All right. See, that's it. they will over- fix it. Yep. They've overhauled the unit. What the heck does that mean anyway? <laughs> We've overhauled it. <laughs> Explain this to me. Anyway, uh, of course, uh, the up to three—excuse me—three former police officers were sentenced to prison terms for a cover-up that ensued, Johnston. So they did indeed, Mark, try to uh, to finagle their way out of this by covering it up after the fact, but it didn't work out. Johnston's family will receive two point nine million dollars sometime in fiscal two thousand eleven, and then the remaining two million will be paid in fiscal two thousand twelve. On or before uh, August fifteenth, twenty eleven. The payments represent the settlement of a lawsuit filed against the city by Sarah Dozier, Johnston's niece, Reed's office said in a statement initially filed in state court. The suit was moved to federal court where a judge ordered the parties to mediation. As the search warrant was being executed november twenty first, two thousand six at Johnston's home, she fired at officers with an old pistol, apparently believing her home was being broken into. She was right. Her home was being broken into. It's just that the men who yeah they just
2: they won't use that terminology when the when the police do it. Isn't it strange? Right. You know, apparently reacting to her home being broken into. See, they didn't say that.
1: Yeah. So uh, when they do it, it's not being broken into. Right. It's not it's a lawful entry. Right. That's exactly what it's like. Six officers returned fire. Johnston's one shot went through her front door and over the officers' heads. They responded with 39 shots, hitting the elderly woman five times. Reed said in the statement,
2: it's "Quite a quite a marksmanship, quite a credit to their marksmanship, isn't it?"
1: The resolution of this case is an important step in the healing process. Well, I don't know if they saw her. when Right, they were probably not. It. Uh, The resolution of this case is an important step in the healing process for the city and its residents. And of course the residents are going to be the ones that have to heal from this because the city agents will not be held responsible for their actions as far as financially. The $4.9 million isn't coming from any of their pockets. It's coming from the taxpayers pockets. So the taxpayers are are being victimized here and not quite in the same manner that uh, Catherine Johnston was victimized but they're victimized nonetheless. They are forced to pay for the mistakes of these people who purport to be their agents but there's no actual uh, any there's no evidence whatsoever that they in any way are actually working for the taxpayers of the city of atlanta it's just that's the kind of the that's the pr that we're all sold about this uh, this particular criminal enterprise this criminal enterprise gets to hold everybody else responsible for their mistakes this criminal enterprise gets away with pretty much everything they do it's very rare that uh, Cases like this will come up where they really botch it up so bad. They botch up on one hand by killing an old woman in her home, on the other hand by trying to cover it up and botching up the cover up uh, later on to where they were caught red handed. You
2: notice it's it's always the low level guys that get it, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys, these guys are on the street level. They were given their orders to do whatever. And, uh, you know, it's they don't uh, they never go after
1: the big guys. No, the judge that signed the uh, the warrant or whatever. He's not going to be held responsible for this. So, uh, according to the story here, the narcotics, uh, as a result of the incident, several police officers were indicted in federal and state court on charges and were later convicted and sentenced for their actions. Last year, former officer Jason Smith was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison, while former officers Greg Jr. and Arthur Tesler were sentenced to five and six years, respectively. Also, a ra- fairly Rare situation to actually see uh, the police individual members of the
4: police being somehow punished for this yeah i 'm sitting here waiting to hear that you know they were. They're going to be let out on good behavior or, you know, suspended some sentence. Way, sus- suspended sentence, whatever.
2: It's a shocking story, um, you know, it, and you really pointed it out. It's her age. Mm-hmm. It all boils down to the fact that it was an old lady. If this had been somebody else of, of a different demographic and, uh, uh, you know, age age demographic, then, it, you know, it would have been an entirely different story.
1: Yeah, they would have been made out to have been a killer, a cop killer. And and indeed, they did, by the way, attempt to plant these cops that were sentenced Uh, They pleaded guilty to charges of voluntary manslaughter and making false statements. And one of the cops admitted to planting bags of marijuana in Johnston's home after her death. This is how it's done.
4: Now, I remember a story. I I thought that this was the lady that actually shot two of the cops and then they still killed her. Is that what happened or was that a different one out of the Atlanta area? I
2: don't don't remember that story. I don't remember. No, no.
1: they claimed here that it was one shot that she took with her little pistol and it went over their heads.
4: Okay.
2: Probably warning whomever was uh, yeah. busting right. through the door, but you know, what, little did she realize that these guys have no intention of stopping. They they want that that gunshot so that they can return fire.
1: Yep. Uh, U.S. District Court, or excuse me, U.S. District Judge Julie Carnes ordered the three to split Johnson's funeral costs of eight thousand one hundred eighty dollars. Wow. And to serve three years of supervised release after they, they actually complete, a- got money out of them. I yeah. can't believe it. Yeah, they did supervised apparently. release after they complete their prison term. Okay. Uh, according to CNN affiliate WXIA, Smith, the uh, this is one of the officers. I pray daily for Miss Johnston. I also Johnston's pray,
2: dead. What's good is praying. Do I it? also
1: pray other officers in Atlanta will have the moral fortitude I didn't have. You know, I I just I. I <sighs>
2: I believe that generally when things like this happen, when something bad happens, that this is what the cops do. They try to cover it up. I'm not saying these guys wanted to shoot this old woman. I'm saying that these guys were sloppy in the way they went about getting their uh, the, their their mm-hmm. uh, warrants. And I don't think that's entirely uncommon. Judges will sign just about anything, it seems to me. And they got unlucky. And I, I'm sure that they, they can generally get lucky. They they got unlucky. They picked an old woman, uh, unfortunately, you know, out of, out of the hat, uh, drew an old woman woman i guess i should say and you know their their marijuana bags just weren't going to cut it they just you know even crack bags they didn't have you know whatever it is they didn't have enough on on them but i'm sure that this happens more times than than we can count of course it does you're never going if you if somebody's lying there dead having shot at cops and there's drugs in the house and it's a guy my age you know 40 year old male what's the there's no news story there
1: yeah, prosecutors even said that the officers regularly presented false information to obtain warrants, and they cut corners to make more time for lucrative side jobs, providing additional security to businesses, often while on duty, and receiving cash payments. one 259 9231 So, this was
4: business as usual for these guys. I'm sure they're going to go back and review all of these cases that these guys have ever worked on, right? More coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Have you
1: been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .dot .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. You are invited to our website. We've got a lot of stuff there and it's all free for you. The bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. Lots to talk about, and it's free. So head over, get interactive at bbs.freetalklive.com That's bbs.freetalklive.com
2: Are you think about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate it. LegalZoom.com Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all kinds of legal documents over there. Patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs. Use coupon code FTL to save $10 off your order at LegalZoom.com. It's Legalzoom.com, code FTL.
1: All right, so the updates aren't going to stop with uh, the Katherine Johnston case, the outrageous case out of Atlanta where they, uh, the police murdered a 92-year-old woman on a botched drug raid. There's another one that we're going to get to here in a moment about uh, the pastor who was beaten uh, within inches of his life by the police. We'll get to that here, uh, but first, your calls. Let's go to Andrew listening in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andrew.
5: Hey, Ian, Sam, and Mark. Um, I'm calling tonight about the idea of a private protection agent. And the reason I would call this new concept a private protection agent is because, as you know, police and security officers tend to have a bad reputation. Um, But the private protection agent would be similar to a peace officer of yesteryear and would be privately funded. He would be trained in um, domestic dispute resolution, conflict de-escalation, um, advanced negotiation techniques, in addition to the typical police fare of disarming would-be attackers, etc. And his or her funding could come from a membership like AAA, part of an insurance policy, per diem, per call, charitable donations, etc. And I think this is a truly free market-based uh, alternative to police and will result in greater accountability, better service, and less cost.
4: You know, I think you bring up some really good points there in just the kind of training that would actually go into a free market protection agency where they're actually accountable uh, and and seeking donations from the public that they're supposedly serving rather than, you know, the, the current system that we have today where police are funded through, uh, you know, the, the threat of taking people's houses and all of the things that you mention are not what the police come out to do today. They don't come out and seek to de-escalate the situation. They come out and seek to control it and then start ordering everybody around and, you know, do what they want from there. Some do, some
2: don't, but it doesn't seem like there's any accountability for the ones that uh, that are looking look with itchy trigger fingers that are looking for some trouble. I mean, I had a situation where I went uh, through the uh, you know, the TSA line, a, a police officer, a, ta- a town or city police officer here in New Hampshire was there and he's like you got a problem I mean a a cop a grown man <laughs> with gray hair says to me you got a problem I mean he did everything but shove me yeah it was it was it's just bizarre behavior professional well you could
1: just follow you could file a complaint mark I I have no intention I don't even know what the guy's name is well if you even if you did file a complaint uh, they wouldn't do yeah, anything about it
4: it'd be it. pointless
1: right because it's administrative and that just basically means that they can throw it away if they want
4: and you yeah. just need, you would just need to file like a ninety one A request to get the officer's name. Of course, they probably wouldn't give it to you. So then you'd have to sue him in superior court, <laughs> and then you could get the name, and then you could file the complaint. So, it's for easy process. Yeah. yeah.
5: Also, guys, I was wondering, couldn't there be like an immobilizing net as opposed to a taser? It seems like the taser is more for pain compliance. Hmm. Couldn't there just as easily be a gun that shoots like an immobilizing net that doesn't harm someone? It seems like it's all it's more so about not only getting compliance, but also um, inflicting pain.
1: I don't know if that was the original intent behind the taser, but yeah. then again, that intentions don't matter a whit. Uh, yeah, the, I don't
2: think the taser is, is a terrible tool if it's used the way it was intended to be used in the same way that I don't think the billy club is a terrible tool or the gun's a terrible tool. Well, right. If, they if had they're used in the manner that they're supposed to. Right.
1: If, if these cops actually had a level of accountability, then if they were using the taser for paying compliance and, that's, and that was not allowed and it's supposed to be not allowed, uh, was the original intent not to do that. But uh, then, then you could actually hold them accountable by not hiring them again, or uh, you know, taking it up with the with the uh, whoever it was that's in charge of that particular uh, department, and and letting them know that look, you, if your officers keep behaving this way, I'm going to pull my contract. This is not the kind of protection service that I had signed up for. But you can't do that here. You you there's no choice like that. So I like what you're saying. It's just that communicating the these ideas to people is, is pretty tricky. I mean this is this is pretty advanced liberty that we're yeah, talking about. And
2: here. you know I, I I think that I I it absolutely is advanced liberty, and it may very well be the kind of liberty that that, that may exist beyond our lifetimes. We don't know. Um, I. Nah. We just don't know. (laughs) So um, I I think that one of the I think the best way to communicate these things is to talk to people mostly about the things they can get, which is they can get every, you know, the government handling cop cops courts and roads and then you can you can handle the other issues pretty pretty readily it seems to me
4: yeah i have no doubt that you know eventually it'll end up where in a kind of we'll, we'll end up in under a system that andrew, andrew is describing or not under i guess <laughs> that's the uh monopoly paradigm but we'll have those services available to uh, to people. I don't know how it's going to get there, and I don't necessarily think it's going to start the way you're describing. It might be some kind of uh, documenting service where, you know, these. who knows how the market's going to evolve in this, but I think Mark's bringing up a good point in that people aren't ready to really see this or understand it or, or consider it a, a, a viable alternative. And I think um, the market is going to have to sort of adapt and find a way to kind of get its foot in the door and get a start and get established to where it can start expanding out from there. And
1: that is really a tricky part. Andrew, any ideas on how to get from here to there?
5: Um, no, I just, I just, I'm an idealist. So that's kind of, um, in an ideal society, that's who I would see. It would be interesting. I'd like to see a guy like Brad Jardis, who I know was on last night. I should have called Ben. But um, interesting to see his perspective and maybe um, encourage a guy like him to uh, start his own private protection agency and go from there.
1: Yeah, I love the idea. I just... But, you
2: know, being... these, the, the problem with with your current private protection agency is these things exist already. You can hire Wackenhut to, mm-hmm. to keep an eye on your house. You can hire Wackenhut to handle uh, disputes uh, that, that, you know, that come up that are, you know, sort of minor disputes and things like that. They do arbitration? Uh, they wouldn't do arbitration, but they could... They'll send a guy with a gun out and a badge. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that that's, it immediately gets a different footing. I mean, if you've got the neighbor's dogs coming over and killing your chickens, you send, uh, you know, one of the Hut guys over there. You know, it's going to it's going to carry some weight. So this exists today. It's just that most people um, that, you know, the, the cops have superiority over over security guards. And, uh, you know, many of the security guards wish they were police officers. And good.
5: I would say to Mark that that um, doesn't exist because those type of services, they tend to initiate the most. Um, they tend to use the most lethal remedies as opposed to this service would be accountable to a customer and would be trying to use no to minimal force, the minimal I don't think Wackenhut
1: uses lethal remedies. Uh, they aren't really allowed to carry guns, from what I understand. I mean, every security guard I've ever seen is, has some never security been allowed guards some to do, guns. yeah. Well, yeah, like private bodyguards or whatever, they they definitely have guns. But whenever I've seen like a, a, a guard guarding some sort of a gated community or something like that, they've, they've never had any sort of weaponry. Their, their job is to basically call the cops if somebody does yeah, something. Yeah, right. <laughs> So there's a lot that needs to be done, and I, you know, I, I, I actually absolutely, absolutely agree with where you're coming from, Andrew. It's just that getting that start, getting that ball rolling, that's the tricky part. Because, well, I'm not the businessman who's going to be doing it, so I don't really have the vision for how it will be done. And you're competing with the monopoly, so it's pretty difficult to, uh, you know, to get in there. I hope we see some entrepreneur come and do the things you're talking about, and maybe it'll happen here in New Hampshire. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. SACL C A I toll free line. You dial in. Bring up anything.
2: Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's heavy hundred list. That's the hundred most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com.
1: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL-CAI. It's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. You can get the last week's worth of shows uh, there on the front page. And then if you click into the archive section... You'll go back to 2006, all totally free. But it is brought to you by HostGator. That's right.
2: HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at HostGator.com host you. Uh, and, and rather than using HostGator.com's portal, use HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. That way they know where it's coming from, and you don't have to use the coupon codes or anything complicated like that. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. And uh, by the way, their website, they're their, their hosting uh, 130% powered by wind, so it's environmentally friendly, too. It's amazing. I, I I don't know where this wind farm is.
1: All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. A little bit more here. Another up update. Some good news. Uh, more good news. I mean, I guess uh, that Catherine Johnston's family was awarded a four point nine million dollars is is good news. But it's of course not good news for the taxpayers of uh, of Atlanta. That in the case of the ninety two year old woman that was shot to death uh, by the police down there. In this man's case, he wasn't killed, but he was beaten severely. His name is uh, Pastor Anderson, Pastor Stephen Anderson, and uh, according to the Valley, uh, excuse me, phoenixnewtimes.com, dot com, there's a little bit of more information here than I was aware of about this man, and it's and it's pretty disturbing. No fan of freedom, according to the New Times, could appreciate the draconian border patrol Yuma County checkpoints on Interstate Eight near the Arizona California border. These Third World-style roadblocks thwart the Fourth Amendment's protection against unreasonable search and seizure, courtesy of a still-disputed 1976 U.S. Supreme Court ruling that allows them within 100 miles of international borders. Still, we're not thrilled with the acquittal of Tempe Pastor Steven Anderson on charges related to his protest of an Arizona-side checkpoint, which left him tased and bloodied. It's not the outcome of the case that dampens our enthusiasm. People who protest these checkpoints ought to be treated humanely and not tortured with a taser and brutalized. But Anderson's no hero. He's a hate-spewing advocate of violence against innocence, and he claims his viewpoint is biblically based. Anderson told a radio station last year that he believes that all homosexuals should be executed. Hmm. Not only does the right-winger believe President Obama deserves to die, he prays for Obama's death each night in his bedtime prayers. Yeah, I
2: remember that one, and there's nothing nice about that.
1: Uh, and I, you know, I wasn't aware that this guy was, uh, was a scumbag, but nonetheless, he still doesn't deserve, and that's what the newspaper points out here, or the, the website points out, is that he doesn't deserve what happened to him. Those are the sorts of evil sentiments that repel sympathy, says the New Times. When we first heard of the abusive checkpoint stop, we grew indignant when looking at Anderson's picture of his own bloodied face. It used to fill us with indignation until Anderson made his preachings public. Now, the same picture just gives us a chuckle. Yet, as mentioned, the outcome of this case could be seen as a great thing. On Friday, a jury made up of people from Wellington, Arizona, folks who actually lived near the checkpoint, acquitted Anderson of obstructing a highway and failing to obey a law officer. It seems likely that both the State uh, Department of Public Safety and Border Patrol will temper their response the next time someone protests the checkpoint like Anderson did. The acquittal was the right decision, but it could have happened to a nicer guy. And so I, I, I think that's a a good perspective, you know, for them to come out with on this. I, case. Had,
2: I haven't heard these words out of uh, the, the pastor's mouth that uh, he prays for Obama's death every night. They but do I have, provide a link to it. I have seen uh, these claims in the past, and it's just, it's just ugly. You know, it's not a, it's not a way to win hearts and minds.
1: But nonetheless, the important news here is that this man who was pulled over. As many people are routinely pulled over at these checkpoints, uh, these immigration checkpoints, police state checkpoints, where they're demanding to know, what's your citizenship? Are you a U.S. citizen? or whatever it is that they ask people. And you can see some of the video footage from, uh, some really great video footage by uh, Terry over at CheckpointUSA.org. He's got a great blog up where he goes through these checkpoints and he refuses to answer their questions. Well, this man also, I believe, refused to answer the question. He also refused to exit the car. Uh, when they demanded that he do it, and they proceeded to, I believe, bust in his side window. Yeah, they broke
2: in the window. And and um, pull
1: him through, and then proceeded to uh, literally just beat the crap out of He was bloody for a reason. Yeah, I mean, multiple uh, agents uh, beating on this man. And so it's pretty outrageous what happened to him. I don't know if there's going to be any kind of settlement in his case. They don't mention that in the story here, and I read a different one that was much shorter, so I went to find a a lengthier
4: one. Well, he has just cleared the way by getting these charges dismissed
1: so it would so. require a civil case probably after that mm-hmm. uh, in that in that instance so a little bit of good news in, in that uh you don't have to uh you don't have to bow down to these people it's been proven now time and time again and this man that he because he took it to trial he actually got a jury to agree with him uh so it's been proven the guy from checkpoint usa has been acquitted of uh, of his cases in the past this guy's been acquitted as well they're just intimidating you they're just trying to scare you into uh, going along to get along well
2: they can scare the jury too too and and there's no guarantee that because this jury did it that uh the, the next one won't no that's um, true yeah
1: but i think it's important to to point this out to people that if you're living down south or you're uh, i guess there's some of these are up north as well if you they encounter, are yeah if you encounter one of these uh these citizenship checkpoints you don't just have to uh you know you don't have to go along you don't have to bow down to them am uh, i being detained
4: yeah, I'm going to go. The problem with this system, though, is the the border checkpoint people are not going to stop. They're going to keep doing this. I mean, Terry talked about the, after his court cases and beating them, all they did was move it down the road where he turns off so that it's he turns so it off. Avoiding before, him. Yeah, <laughs> they're just They're doing the exact same thing, but they know where he goes to work every day. Mm-hmm. So they moved down past that and continued on. Wow.
1: That's why we need people, more people like Terry. Mm-hmm. Who have the courage to say no? And unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. I just don't see it. I don't see that kind of resolve in uh, In the the American people. Yeah, yeah, in the American people. And I think that it's. I think there's a truth to the statement that you get the government that you deserve. And I think that if you aren't willing to stand up for yourself, if you aren't willing to uh, to stand up for freedom, then well, it'll all just be taken right away.
2: You know uh, government grows by its nature i mean the 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 very nature of government grows, and it's it, it's the simple fact that it does that doesn't mean that people deserve it, but people need to understand that people what people don't get is that government grows, and government is the main cause of tyranny. Hey, you know, I when they wave the flags and they tell you you've got freedom, it's the people handing out the flags that are the problem, you know? I mean, this is uh, – those are the things that people don't get.
1: No, I don't, I don't mean to suggest that people deserve to be in, uh, under tyranny or that people deserve to be uh, – maybe the, the the quote isn't the greatest, the idea that people get the government they deserve, but they certainly are going to get the government that they uh, allow. allow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. You go along to get along, and you're going to get what you get, and that is more government, more government, more control, more taxes, more restrictions, uh, more uh, police state, more abuse, more violence, more breaking and entering by the police, more shooting of grandmothers, more shooting of innocent people, killing of babies, killing of dogs. When will you decide it's enough? When will you decide that you've had it, and when will you decide that not only is it enough and you've had it, but you're willing to actually do something about it besides bitch and moan? Because it's not easy to make that choice. You know, it's not easy because you, well, you start to understand that if you stick your head up above water, then that means that there's maybe a higher likelihood that they'll target you.
4: Or break your window, pull you out of the car, and beat the crap out of you. Yeah,
1: so it's like scary. the pastor. It's scary out there. And so I don't blame anybody for going along to get along. I mean, after all, that seems to be the safest path, and human beings are likely to take the uh, the, the path most traveled
4: it's the, it's the survival instinct, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, people will submit because of their just desire to survive, and the government has become so oppressive and so uh, powerful by taking all of these things for themselves and, and and stealing the rights away from the people in the name of protecting them that you know, it's almost impossible to stand up against them, especially by yourself. But what good is surviving if
1: what you're surviving in is essentially a total police state? It's serfdom. Yeah, what good is yeah. that? What good is living if you can't live for yourself? Got TV. 1-800-259-9231. Beer. TV and beer. Six-pack. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts are welcome. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features uh, there at the site, and we give them to you. Now, if you enjoy the fact that we give you the website for free, then we would ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it, into the show and get on more radio stations across the country, bringing more internet listeners on board as well and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up, and you'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, and podcast, and more. Go get all the details, get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, alternative options are also available at amp.freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam, of course, joining us from obscuredtruth.com. Sam, you do a lot of video work uh, when uh, that's kind of your primary form of activism. And I highly recommend people go there and visit and watch some of your videos. And actually, I just saw a video during the break. I went to the CheckpointUSA website, uh, which is CheckpointUSA.org. And then when you click over to the blog is where you can see what Terry's been posting recently. And he always finds some real gems. Uh, it's not just Terry. Now, we've actually had Terry on the show in the past. He came up to visit New Hampshire, and he came into the studio, and heck of a nice guy. Uh, but his website isn't just Terry. He kind of started this, though, uh, ter- at least that I could tell. Uh, On the Internet, Terry was the first that we became aware of to just refuse to go along with this checkpoint nonsense that is happening across the northern and southern borders of this country. And actually not just at the border, but within 100 miles of the border, they set up these uh, checkpoints. Some of them are random. Some of them are permanent installations. And they are just wholesale demanding people to obey them. They're demanding information from them. They're demanding they pull over to secondary so they can be searched and harassed and removed from their car. It's like they've never read the Fourth Amendment. Most people probably haven't. You mean the government bureaucrats? Uh, They may not have read it either, but it doesn't matter, even if they have read it. Well, the Fourth Amendment has that one word in it, reasonable or unreasonable search and seizure. So clearly they believe everything they're doing is reasonable. Of course they do. And so Terry kind of started uh, this process of recording his interactions and refusing to go along with, uh, with what they're demanding. And I just found a video on his website. I'm going to dub it during the news break so we can play it back on the air. The, the audio needs a little bit of work, so we're going to work on that. We'll get it out there for you a little bit later on uh, in the show tonight. But the guy that does uh, this particular interaction with the, the Border Patrol in this case is exemplary. So we'll get to that. 800-259-9231. But so far, what we've been talking about this hour has has been a little bit of good news. Some updates on some cases we've been covering for, for years on this program. Uh, Catherine Johnston, the 92-year-old woman, shot to death by the police in Atlanta. Her family being awarded $4.9 million uh, by the people calling themselves the city of Atlanta. That in a federal uh, lawsuit. Also, uh, Pastor Steven Anderson, who apparently is a, a bit of a bigot, but nonetheless didn't deserve to be uh, pulled from his car and beaten half to, uh, half to death. He was also acquitted by a jury in the case of uh, him being pulled over at one of these checkpoints so you 've got a couple different cases here, and maybe he 's going to i believe there may be a civil lawsuit involved in his case i don 't know what the status of that is, but you 've got cases here where these governments are paying out in many cases millions of dollars because of the actions of their government bureaucrats who are for the most part unaccountable and uh, this is This is costing these governments some money, which of course means it 's actually costing the taxpayers some money. And I think the reason, one of the reasons why the city of Atlanta might only be able to pay $2 million a year instead of $4.9 million all at once, maybe because they just don't have the money. A lot of government people are, are having kind of tough
4: times these days, right, Sam? They are. Uh, right here from the ChicagoTribune.com, pension check may not be in the mail. Illinois public employees who th- who, <laughs> who think that the state constitution guarantees that they'll get all their pension benefits. Those words on paper, it must be true. May have another think coming. Yes, it says think, think. not thing. Uh, it's a good thing <laughs> we have professionals with editors instead of these lousy blogs that get get you know bad sentences in there. Uh, so, politicians and public labor unions assurances aside. There's another not well-publicized school of thought that says if the pension funds go bust, the state has no obligation to step in and pay the benefits. <gasps> this runs contrary to the popular view that, that the Illinois Constitution, Illinois, on its <laughs> face, eh, it's Illinois, man, I'm a Texan, come on, <laughs> <laughs> it's <Texans> on it. <laughs> its face, guarantees that all public, public employee pension benefits will be fully paid. The belief is based on Article 13, Section 5 of the Illinois Constitution.
2: <laughs> it ain't a real constitution, but it ain't from Texas.
4: <laughs> Membership in any pension or retirement system of the state, any unit of logical government or school district, dot, 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 dot shall be an enforceable contractual relationship, the benefit of which shall not be diminished or impaired. So there it is, Sounds right there, blood. black and white, you, you have to pay the pension, it yeah, can't be diminished or impaired. Mm-hmm. Sounds solid, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not, according to legal opinion from Chicago law firm sadly, Austin, provided to me by yeah, so-and-so. The opinion acknowledges that the Constitution creates a contractual agreement between the workers and the state's employee pension funds, but it concludes that... Neither the Constitution nor the law says that the state is a guarantor of that obligation. Now did you guys understand that? No, I don't I I don't propose to understand anything okay. that they write down on that crap. So so their constitution of the state says that the state is responsible for paying these benefits that they just they cannot be diminished mm-hmm. and that this is ironclad, but yet the it's the pension fund that they've created, it sounds like this separate entity off to the side. And if they go broke, well, it doesn't say that the state has to make up the shortfall.
1: Oh. So the pension fund is... It's own. They're saying,
4: yeah. well, you, you, yes, you're guaranteed these rights, state employees. You know, we have to pay your pension funds, but... Don't come to us if, it, we will if it's pay broke. Your, we will pay your pension fund for the lifetime
1: of the pension fund. Yeah. We'll yeah, pay we'll, your
4: pensions for the lifetime of the fund. We'll guarantee these rights, but just if, if it doesn't work out, don't come to us to right. guarantee that right for you.
1: Well, the, how could they anyway? I mean, the, you can't get blood from a stone, and the, the, the government is, is running dry at this point. So when they run out of cash, uh, the only way that they're going to be able to save themselves is by dramatically increasing property taxes or whatever other taxes they have in Illinois. Or- well, and
2: by the way, the the, new, the the Illinois lieutenant governor, Blago, um, you know, of course, is on trial right now. Uh, they're the former governor. So they, he's a lieutenant governor's in charge. Mm-hmm. This guy's probably one of the few... I, I hate to use terms uncorrupted, um, le- le- less less corrupted uh, politicians out there. This guy says, "Look, we're going to have to increase taxes. There's no way that the the, the state can afford these pensions that we've got. We're going to have to uh, increase taxes. There's there's no there's no other place. It's either that or cut down on police and fire protection, and nobody wants that, right? Of course, that's where they always talk about.
1: Or as an alternative to increasing taxes, they can always go to the federal government." And they could sell themselves out to the feds and then possibly get a bailout. That's a possibility.
4: Oh, yeah. The, Which means
1: everybody will pay for it. Instead of just the people in Illinois, then everybody that is uh, paying any level of federal taxes will then be supporting their financial instability.
4: No, I, the, the federal government is so broke at this point and they're monetizing so much debt, they're just going to print it, and everyone who holds dollars will end up paying for it through inflationary yeah, that's true. Uh, spending. And so but they need then, a lot,
1: don't they, in, in
4: Illinois? <laughs> they do. Let me let me continue billions. on here. The the Sidley opinion argued that uh, the state can become a guarantor only uh, under the provision that says if a state pension fund runs out of assets, quote, any pension payable under law shall not be construed uh, to be a legal obligation or debt of the state but shall be held to be solely an obligation of such pension fund unless otherwise oh, right. specifically provided by law creating wow. such fund. So
1: so the fund is obligated to pay yeah. these debts, but if the fund is bankrupt, then
4: toodles. Yep, sorry. Game's over, folks. So all of these uh, cops and school teachers and so forth who are just going along to get along thinking, oh, you know— it, I just, I got to keep doing this because I'm going to be taken care of. We may be screwing all of these other people out of their. going Out of their homes for and me. so forth, but I've been I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I don't think they're thinking Wrong. that at all. What? I, d- I don't. I know. I don't think that the bureaucrats
1: think that. I think the oh, bureaucrats what are. you talking? About? Are, Do you they think totally... they would
4: stay in their jobs if they knew that you know they were going to be left out oh, no, in the no, no, cold? No. That's
6: not what I'm in trying to 20 say. Twenty years. What
4: I'm trying to say is, I think that
2: people believe that money comes from from the government. I think that people believe that the the government is a money
1: machine. You and think the government workers believe the government is a money machine? They yes. know that it's stealing. They know that it's taking money from people. In order to fund itself, uh, sure, they are taxes, but you know people need those things. Well, so you they don't even they don't even uh,
2: connect these things in their mind. They're they're doing a job, they're getting paid for the job, just as they should. They're being compensated a fair wage because they do dangerous or, and they and just believe and difficult that the government,
1: work, right? Well, no, they, they be- I agree with you. They believe that the government is always going to be able to pay their pensions. That's what they've been going along. Yes, I, I absolutely believe they, they believe that. Right. So they've, so they've lived their lives as that uh, with that belief. They've spent not only to their incomes, but they've spent beyond their incomes. Because the average American uh, does spend to the level of income they have. It's poor fiscal responsibility. Of course, government bureaucrats are worse because they're expecting if they stay, stay in the job for 20 years, they're going to get this pension for the rest of their lives. And so they've spent that way. They've gotten deep into houses and things like that. Let's come back and talk more about it. Hour number two is on the way. It's Free Talk Live.
3: So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark
7: nhmove.info.
1: Free Talk Live, we are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian, and Sam, and Mark. And don't forget, over at freetalklive.com, you get to control the content of the site. You submit different things that you find interesting online. Other listeners vote on them, and then the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to see them, and so are other people, and therefore we're more likely to discuss them on the air. So head over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Everything you see there is completely free. Uh, so we're going to continue here, and then take your uh, f- jump into your phone calls. Also, I've got some audio to play of a immigration checkpoint refusal by a courageous man. We'll uh, get to that when we get a chance. But of course, uh, your calls will come first. But we're going to continue briefly here this conversation about Illinois, and it's not just Illinois, of course. That's having a difficult time uh, financially. California has been making news uh, as well about how well they're, they're just, giving out IOUs again. <laughs> yeah, they, that's right. That was in the news just the other day. As a matter of fact, uh, that they just you know they just don't have enough coming in to uh, to essentially pay out all their ob- what they claim are their obligations. But as it turns out, there isn't really an obligation, is there,
4: Sam? No, there's not. Um, so yeah, we kind of went through that and and stepped through how. The Constitution guarantees it and makes it plain and clear, but then they've, through some legal sort of... Um, I don't know, j- jerry-rigging or whatever, they're saying, oh, no, 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 the state's not responsible for that, the pension fund is.
1: Right, we're talking about the pensions of the uh, the state government people and the city government people in Illinois, which basically they're out of cash, and the uh, pensions, pension funds are not able to pay out what they've been being obligated to pay to these people. Right, and I don't know the
2: specifics on these uh, these people's pensions, but many of these uh, police and firefighter pension funds, they get 90 90- ninety five percent of their pay for yeah. the rest of their life um, after working
1: they'll, twenty years they 'll have
2: they have tricks that they do on the way out that get them disability in the process it 's my mm. understanding that eighty something percent of the uh, the guys who the the, the commander types leave on some kind of disability and we're not talking about bullet wound disabilities we're talking about irritable bowel syndrome nice. bad backs things like that right so they get a, an additional uh, you know huge chunk of money these guys are set up for the rest of their lives and, or so
1: they think well yeah so it's been that's that's been the case up until now and that's why the government people have been so uh they, they've been so confident that they're gonna get what's theirs They're going to get what's coming to them. And that's when I was going out to the break. I was talking about how a lot of Americans are not very good at uh, their finances. And so they spend to what they earn. They're not good at saving. And government bureaucrats would be probably likely to be even worse than the average American at this because they've been told this story about how they're going to get all this pension money once they're retired. And it's going to be pretty much like you said, Mark, 90 percent or whatever of what they used to earn. So they can basically spend. They believe they can spend beyond their means like, oh, yeah, go ahead and buy that big mansion you'll be able to afford it with your pension mm-hmm. but now as it turns out the uh, government people might not be getting their pensions and so that's gonna how you can to the- make the
4: payments on the mansion yeah what are the chances of the funds running dry pew center on the state's ranked illinois dead last in pension funding <laughs> uh, the generally accepted view is that illinois's unfunded pension liabilities come to about 80 billion that's for a state whose total upcoming operating budget amounts to $26 billion, of which Whoa. $13 billion is a, a deficit.
1: Minute. Is that $80 billion for one year's worth of payments?
4: No, I think that's uh, looking out to the future of all the people that are participating in the pension fund. I see. What's it going to take to pay everyone that we have in there today? To pay them out for I the rest see. of their lifetime it 's about eighty billion
1: so the state budget is twenty something billion, and that 's for one year, but that 's for the entire state, all of its operations yeah
4: twenty six billion and thirteen billion of that is deficit, so they 're bringing in thirteen billion dollars, they have eighty billion in pension liabilities, and they 're having to borrow thirteen billion again in order just to keep the state running as is yeah
1: well that 's what i 'd heard oh hey, look, that loops <laughs> <laughs> it 's kind of funnier that way. Um, but yeah, so, so now the, the last story we read about Illinois wasn't that long ago, a few weeks ago, was that they were going to go and get a, a like a $4 billion loan so they could make pension payments or something like that. Yeah. So they're already getting in hock over uh, over make, making these pension payments. How are they going to ever pay these loans back? What fool is loaning these people money?
4: Well, here's a solution. Even if the state were to shut down everything that it runs, such as the Medicaid, transit funding, law enforcement, education, and the legislature, and put all of its money Money into eliminating the unfunded obligation, the entire state would go dormant for three years. <laughs> well, not exactly. It would go dormant longer because the liabilities would have continued to increase during the three years. Sure, they've got bureaucrats that are continuing to uh, just you know to retire. Mm-hmm. Well, to get an, to get an idea of how fast, consider that from 2006 to 2010, the unfunded liability doubled to 80 billion from 40 billion, according to Martin. Well, not uh, well, not actually. The unfunded obligation could even be greater, Martin said, because of a flawed formula that underestimates the actual benefit costs. <laughs> mm. Just keeps getting better, doesn't it? Wow! If a more standard calculation were applied, the unfunded obligation could run to two hundred billion, according to some analysts. This
1: is this is what happens, by the way, when you base your business on stealing. I mean, you're basing your operations on coercion, force, violence, stealing from people. It doesn't work out in the long run. The economics of it will come calling at some point. And it's, it's happening now for Illinois and California and, and likely will start happening in other places very soon.
4: Yeah, it's not that the state has taken $80 billion or $200 billion in cash Out of its pension funds, Uh, that's a common misconception, basically much of the money was never there in the first place because the state uh, has been unable to keep up with the pension payments needed to cover the ballooning benefits. One way to look at it, the state shorts the pension funds to keep the electricity on. Uh, How this happened is a complex and dark political tale. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, especially in Illinois, (laughs) one of those corrupt states in the Union. Extending over half a century of wanton spending, borrowing, self uh, depreciation. They don't have any...
1: There's no accountability. They can steal as much as they want. They've done their business based on that factor for, you know, for the entire life of this so-called state, this concept, which is really just men and women doing violence against other men and women, and... Because the, the politicians and the state agents have no responsibility for their actions, they have no, uh, there's no reason for them not to just go crazy and spend whatever the heck it is they can get away with spending tax people as much as they can possibly get away with taxing them. And then when they leave office, they don't have anything hanging over their head. They're collecting the pension, and they're, you know they're, it's on easy street for them. So they, they don't have any reason to be fiscally responsible once, when they're on the inside. They can spend and spend and benefit their buddies and punish their enemies as as much as they want to, and then once they're out, they're out. Uh, you know, game's up right. for them. It's the next group of uh, people that uh, that come in and then take the reins and do the same exact thing over and over again. At some point, it's going to end.
4: But if uh, we're to climb out of this nightmare, everyone will have to sacrifice. Knuckle down! That includes public employees who Martin notes should get on board to uh, work out solutions. They might have to put and
1: up with some They'll be the some, last people to do anything.
4: They might it, have to put up with some This st- is a union
2: state, okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not talking you're not talking about your average state here or southern state or something like that. Illinois, everything runs on the union. If you run a power plant, and you want to hire a pipe fitter, you don't hire a pipe fitter. You go to 597 Pipe fitters union, and you say, "Hey, send me some pipe fitters it 's a monopoly on pipe fitters that five ninety seven has the whole state is run by unions they 're not no, going to
1: give up their. they 're not going to give up
2: anything they 'll drive that they 'll drive that ship to the bottom of the ocean before <laughs> before they, uh, they, they they no way, not in your life are they going to give that up
4: they might have to put up with some small sacrifices but it's better than waiting until the well runs dry Yeah,
2: (laughs) no not to them it's not they'll they'll suck
1: suck the last bit out of that well with a straw
4: if they have to they're not
1: going to sacrifice anything because they deserve it we worked hard for 20 years working in these government bureaucracies sitting around and filing paperwork and pushing (laughs) pencils we deserve every dime of that darn pension and we're going to get it no matter what it takes now go ahead and raise taxes by 50% because how else are they going to get out of this Besides the federal government coming in and bailing them out.
4: And cut services, too.
1: There's that, but they're not going to consider that as an option because to cut services means they'd have to cut jobs. Yeah, that's true. And they can't do that because, you know, these people have families. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Uh, somebody's on the line here from Illinois. We'll talk to them hopefully coming up. Free Talk Live.
8: Death. Its shadow followed Paul. Its hot breath had flowed across the back of his neck. Its cold fingers had caressed his throat. As Paul dabbles in the occult world of the Ouija board, a dangerous netherworld opens up to him, and he discovers the frightening possibility that a demonic dimension may be merging with our own. Read Matthew Wayne's debut novel, The Years. To find out more, available now as an ebook at IPIC Publishing, IPICPublishing.com. This is Free Talk
1: Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give to you, including the wiki with over 2,000 pages, created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com, edit almost anything there. Wiki, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com.
2: Did you know Taron Lupo from the LCL Report and Wheels Off Liberty supports his full-time activism by selling Liberty-themed jewelry? Support the ideas of Liberty every time you buy some of his unique stuff. He goes, he does custom work for just about anything you can dream up, and you can see his designs at lclreport.com or join his fan page on Facebook. It's lclreport.com.
1: All right, let's go to your phone calls uh, and talk to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp lines. Good evening, guys. Hey, Matt. Now you've been—I know you weren't calling about the Illinois financial crisis, but uh, you, I'm sure, you heard the conversation we were having there earlier about how their their pension fund is pretty much running dry and they have no way of actually uh, of actually making those payments. Uh, any uh, inside scoop on what's happening out there?
9: Well, um, actually, it's it's kind of sad. In 20, 30 years ago, Chicago was a, a heck of a manufacturing town. Yep. Well, one of the little known things about Chicago, many people might not know, is we had a lot of candy companies. We had Far Up Hand. We had Mars. Mm. We had uh, Godiva Chocolates, mm. a bunch of other um, candy companies, and they were really employing quite a, a number of people. And in a uh, roundabout way, I, I worked for Mars, and um, they had to start shutting down because the Chicago area just got so expensive to, wow. to to do business in. And so they they all packed up and moved. We got none of that anymore. Hmm. So it's it's a matter of they've already tried raising taxes. Uh, this, the taxes in the city of Chicago are awful. They're yeah. not awful. You can only go no so water.
2: high. I mean, right? you know, right. th- at some point or another, they'll just start to leave. And it's a it's, it's a vibrant in. area. I mean, there is a lot of business going on there. I wouldn't claim that you it was just there, right? Yeah, but uh, you know, right. <laughs> everybody everybody talks like Mac uh, Matt here is talking and says that oh, it's not as good as it used to be.
9: Well, no, it's, it's not. It's not only is it not as good as it used to be, but I mean, these, these places have up and moved, and there's empty factories sitting all, You drive along 290, which is the highway, one of the major highways that goes into the city, and it's lined with factory after factory that's closed.
8: That's sad. And
9: those factories all used to have, the smokestacks used to be pumping out smoke stuff, used to be coming out of that, those factories, and now there's nothing. Mm. And, you know, this is a city of... of you know, the city itself, just the city proper, has two and a half million people. Uh, I'm out in the suburbs, and, you know, there's another 10 million people living in the suburbs or, around it, and unfortunately, we're not making anything anymore. Yeah. We're no longer the city that works. We're no longer the city of, of big shoulders. Yeah, we still have the, the meat packing, and yeah, we still have the, the slaughterhouses and things like that, but even that's not... It doesn't have as much output as it used to. Well and can- it
4: makes sense that food would be one of the last things to go because it's a you know it's a basic necessity. So the cars and and candy, candy of course that's gonna go first because that's something that you buy when times are good you know the
2: right. reason that uh, chicago is the meat pa- was the meatpacking center of america essentially was and, and you know new new york had a, a certain segment of that too was because it was sold from there the commodities exchange in chicago is the biggest commodities exchange in the world but right. and you can build a slaughterhouse anywhere now. Mm-hmm. You can pack meat anywhere. Things have just you know things have changed, and there's no reason to go to you know Chicago proper, or Bensonville, there. or wherever. Addison. Except
1: and, that they're comfortable. That's where they've been. Yeah. But at some point, it's going to get to the point where they're uncomfortable. Make them, yeah, make them uncomfortable, and they will leave. Right. And I mean, and, Matt, you're planning on getting out at some point. Hopefully, sooner rather than later. I'd imagine.
9: Oh God, I'd love to leave tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping to move up to New Hampshire. I'm making my plans, uh, getting my things in order. I still have family here, though. Do
1: you have a house to sell?
9: No. Oh, that's good. Uh, no. Um, that's that's a good I'm, situation I'm, to
1: be in because uh, you know they could, I imagine that's difficult. It's certainly difficult in Detroit. It's probably not as bad out the uh, out your way yet, but as oh
2: as
9: pe- yeah, I I know of houses that have been on the market for over three years and haven't yep. been sold.
1: Wow,
6: wow.
9: So I mean, the, the, especially out in the burbs. It might not be so bad in the city proper, but in uh, out in the northwest burbs is where I know of houses that have been for, for three, four years. Because it's out in the country, and uh, people aren't able to actually afford to, you know, go into the city as much as they used to to work.
4: And it makes or, sense you, that the cities are going to sort of collapse inwards, where the outskirts, you know, where you can get cheaper houses and so forth. As the housing market continues its decline, it's going to be more, uh, you know, people will be able to afford houses that are closer in. To the center of the city, so they're going to buy those, and the ones sitting on the outskirts of town are going to, you know, the vacancy rates are going to keep going up.
2: Well, plus the fact that they're going to be driving, these people, are same people are going to be driving older cars, and they're not going to, you know, they're they're going to want to, you know, live closer to work and and things like that. I mean, I I want to live as close to work as possible, Mm -hmm. but sometimes uh, it can be cost prohibitive
9: that 's exactly what 's going what 's starting to happen is people are starting to move into the city because that 's where the work is, and they 're not making as much to pay for the gas or to pay for the um, uh, uh, public transportation like they were in the past
4: and wait till and, gas goes up to four or six or eight dollars a gallon thanks to all oh of this God, inflationary spending
9: so Matt,
1: you were I calling for a different to reason
4: tonight. what was that
9: okay uh, uh, My son has a friend uh young young friend he 's eighteen. And uh, he up and and joined the army a couple few months back. Was
1: mm-hmm. this the guy you were trying and to he, talk out of it? You called about? Once?
9: Yes, he yes he he uh, he. Oh, I don't. I didn't realize I had called about this, but he had. Uh, Thought you did. Um. Uh. Yeah. He had had joined uh, um a, a delayed program, and so we were trying to talk him out of it. Well, it worked. He got talked out of it. But I was talking to him tonight. And it turns out he's he signed some papers. And now all of a sudden he realizes that he doesn't want to join the Army, that this isn't for him. But mm. I'm afraid, and I don't know this for sure, but I am afraid for him that it's too late. It's that, my understanding,
2: not- and this is just the understanding of you know somebody who's been doing a talk show for a while, that you're not joined until you... Step front, step forward across some such and such line, and you're on your way in getting processed. That the reason they have you sign those paperwork paperwork is to sort of uh, emotionally hook, ya. hook you, as opposed to it actually being something that you have to do.
9: Yeah. I've seen a lot of people.
2: What's that? I would say there's a chance. Oh, I know there. is. I, I, I'm, I I'm touch certain the Quakers. there is. I had a friend who basically did it, you know, signed up for early whatever, um, and then decided that she didn't want to do it and then, you know, didn't.
1: Mark, what's the name of the, the Quaker organization oh, that's cool. out there uh, that, that helps folks with this kind of stuff? There's uh – is it just the religious society of friends there is a particular division of quakers that's out there doing counter recruitment and things yeah, like the, that I,
2: I don't know i don't know the na- i don't know the name of it Sorry. um
1: yeah i would look into the quakers uh, Matt, and see what uh, see what kind of uh, information you can you can glean uh, from them maybe talk to them but the way i would approach that is to say something like you know i, I signed this under coercion or under you know conf- i was i was confused i didn't realize what i was doing and i rescind my rescind my signature thanks bye bye uh, or something like that. Okay. Plus, he was
2: probably 17 when he signed it, which I, I don't even think it makes it entirely legal. Was well, well, he 17? I'm not, or not sure
9: whether he was 17 or 18, but okay. um, that actually helps.
2: And yeah.
9: I will see him again on Saturday, so I'll talk to him and find out how things went.
1: They're not going to force uh, somebody yeah. who what, you know is saying, "Look, I don't want to go." Into I don't think they're going to force him into it. At, uh, you know, this early on in the game, but uh, let us know what happens, will you? More coming up, free talk sure. live. Thanks, dude. Right. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL, C-A-I. You can join us on our website. At freetalklive.com, enjoy the Shrine of Female Listeners, and if you're a lady listener, you can become a part of the Shrine. All that is required is a validated photo or video to show that uh, you are indeed a listener of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com, and you'll see what that's all about. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. Today,
2: businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of customers who fail failed to pay their bills you may believe that de- this debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people don't pay their bills, all consumers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know of any business that re- require, businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-obligation, no-cost proposal. SACL CAI, they reposition companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com.
1: As we continue with your phone calls, uh, still to come, we're going to play some audio from uh, one of the police border patrol checkpoints down south uh, as one man asserts his right to be free. Uh, it's pretty good stuff. We'll get to that. But first, Chris is in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark.
3: Hi. Hey, Chris. Um, You're on the I need some advice about restitution. Okay. Uh, my dogs, um, we live near uh, about 40 acres of... Uh, nature preserve, and our dogs, uh, even though we had put in an invisible fence and we usually have them on a leash now since they started getting out of that, they still escape. And go off and dig, usually. Well, they actually got out and killed some neighbor's chickens, Uh-oh. although we didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that encounter with the bureaucrats cost $70 to get the uh, obedient dog out the disobedient dog
1: Wait a minute hold on a second so home that Wait night. a minute how did the bureaucrats get involved in this they came out and captured your dogs
3: Well i guess uh yes uh the, they captured the obedient dog mm-hmm. uh he they were still in the chicken coop i guess mm. and the one who red not even
1: or pawed nice. smelled yes. Mouthed. Mouthed, yeah <laughs> So, okay, so and, uh, so they're in the chicken coop. The bureaucrats, animal control bureaucrats showed up and snatched the obedient one. The other one got away,
3: yeah, okay, and came home
1: and so you had to so, go and pay the and, bureaucrat seventy dollars in order to get your good dog out.
3: <laughs> yes, how many chickens um, about four or five chickens okay but the problem the the problem came up in that um. My my wife handled the whole thing, and I think she handled it very well. But uh, when she found out what had happened, we basically found out where that the good dog was by calling the sheriffs and seeing if they had impounded the dog. And uh, they gave her, the, the neighbors, I'll call him, a uh, number. And when he called, she said, what can I do to make up for this?
1: Good question and to he ask. He said
3: very... Very rudely, I, uh, she was in tears when she called me about it. Uh, you'll be hearing from my lawyer, which I think you guys have heard recently. <laughs> uh, from I don't think I have. People. Anyway, go ahead. El um, Neil Smith, I guess. Oh, anyway, yeah, uh, she called back the bureaucrat, who then said, "Well, you've done all you can do. Don't you shouldn't call him again." And I, I'm I was thinking that my dog did damage to somebody else's property and i'm not trying to shirk that responsibility and um i was thinking that i should call him and she is totally against that uh, yeah i because would the bureaucrat said
4: i would suggest actually uh doing some research going online um you, you know obviously you don't know what what specific breed of chicken the dog killed But uh, maybe doing some basic research. I know one of the guys here ordered some online from McElry's or something like that. So the chickens aren't that expensive. You can uh, draft a letter that says, I will order, you know, four chickens. I'll pay for feed for them for six months so that they grow up and, you know, can start producing eggs again and make some kind of offer of restitution not uh, through a phone call mm-hmm. but in a letter. Yeah. And then when it goes to court you can say, no, 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 look I, w- I haven't been unresponsive. Here was the first thing that I offered to yeah. uh, to make good on this. I like that.
2: Yeah, I was thinking something similar um, uh, I was actually thinking you know, the the guy's upset, right? Like his his uh, property's been violated his uh, chickens have been killed, probably in a horrible fashion <laughs> um, uh, you know, and I, I get that he might be upset. I was thinking Something more like a uh, a, a sympathy note, you know, just saying, "Look, I understand you're upset, and we're we stand prepared to restitute." And, you know, in the manner that you name something, something, you know, restitute in a reasonable fashion in the manner that you name. We stand prepared to do that. And I think that, uh, you know, Sam points out that if, if he does decide to take you to court over chickens, um, which I, it's property, I mean, it could no, it to it just, hire
1: a lawyer over some chickens. Yeah, he's, he's
2: not going to take he's not going to hire a lawyer over some chickens. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, but he had,
3: he had said that it was his grandchildren's chickens. And so I think there is a sentimental value there for him. You know, the we grandkids
4: probably see
2: him as pets. Year. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it's true. That. Look, mm-hmm. we stand prepared to restitute in these cases. You know, I mean, the, the dogs aren't villains. They're dogs. And, I, you know, it's it's difficult for me to imagine that this guy hasn't been in some scenario where his some dog that's been close to him, whether it's a friend or his or the mom or dad's or something like that, hasn't killed somebody's chickens. Dogs
1: kill chickens. As do wild beasts, uh, whatever might possibly come right. into the farm. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a good suggestion. But I guess the my one point of clarification between both of your suggestions. I like uh, Sam. I like your idea of writing it down, mm-hmm. getting an official record of you being willing to make good. But Sam, you kind of came up with the idea of proposing some restitution. And, Mark, I didn't really hear that with you. Do you think it's best to approach and just say, I'm willing to make restitution and then ask him what he thinks would be reasonable or to come forth with uh, with pro- with a proposal?
2: I, it, I'm generally of the opinion that you should let the other guy talk first. In um, the case in of, the of L. Neal Smith, with
1: his uh, controversy between uh, the Shire Society and, and his uh, whatever, the, the thing that he wrote back in the 1980s, I won't get into the details, but in that case, it was suggested that uh, – The people that were looking at that case, one of them suggested that it's usually standard for the person who's been victimized to say, "Well, this is what I think I deserve." Yeah,
4: Mm -hmm. you know, I like uh, both approaches. I I think what Mark's saying is a good suggestion as well. You might want to start out the letter and say, "You know, tell me what you need to rest to to feel uh, made whole again." Here's And then if you want to, you can add a section that says, here's what something I can suggest, and then lay out, I'll buy you X chickens and uh, pay for feed and so forth.
1: Does that make sense? That sounds
3: – yeah, it sure does. Thanks Chris, a lot. Chris, will,
1: will you let us know what happens with this? I'll – if – That's a yes or no.
2: He's gone. Um, Thanks you know, for the call. What, I think that uh, in this circumstance, you're dealing with a guy who's, who's still in an emotional state. And yeah, it's he probably, may write
1: back one million dollars. <laughs> well,
2: it's not right. It's the writing isn't the. Once he has to put pen to paper, then he has to act in a more reasonable fashion. Mm. He was he was clearly upset on the telephone. Yeah. I don't think there's, it's a good idea to call the guy on the telephone again. Um, you know, essentially, yeah, no record there. You've been rebuffed. In, um uh, you know through that sort of plane of of contact, so there's no reason to go um, after that one again
4: okay, he's gone, so I guess we'll never know if he got to eat the chickens that his dog <laughs> killed uh, no. I mean you, no. <laughs> So the dogs ate the chickens. Yeah, don't have to
6: pay for them. Hopefully, uh, we will
1: and hear I would back like to point
2: out: I've got chickens at my house, and uh, a raccoon came was was killing uh, killed one of the chickens, ate it through the fence. I mean, this is a resilient <sighs> wow. little animal, and nobody's going to restitute me. Okay, these chickens yeah. are like pets. Um, you know, where they're not going to get eaten or anything like that. They've got names. And some so wild been, animal came along and killed right.
1: it. It could have been any old beast that killed his chickens. He's lucky that it happened to be uh, you know, neighbors where he can maybe get some restitution uh, from them. So what kind of pre- 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 precautions do you have to take to keep your chickens safe? I mean, the, it, the fence wasn't enough. What it, it, He was <laughs> able to kill the chicken through the fence and eat it through the you fence? Can, you can d- take all
2: kinds of precautions when it comes to, to chickens. This In this case, this chicken pen has uh, the floor has been dug out. One foot deep, and fencing has been put underneath. You can't even so burrow they can't do in. Down. Yeah, there's the, it, it was. It was thought to be the impregnable chicken
1: coop. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Raccoon found his way. Uh, to, so yeah. the raccoon was able to kill the chicken through the fence and ate it through the fence. Amazing. Wow. Almost, so just got, almost just like got too rooster. close. The chicken was just too dumb. It got too close. They to the are fence. dumb. <laughs> More coming up at 800-259-9231. The Sekel CAI toll free line. Your chicken tips or whatever it is you want to talk about. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want, take control via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give to you free. Now, if you want to help support the show, there's a great way to do that, and that is by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that particular link, and then Free Talk Live gets a portion of Amazon's profits. So it's the same great Amazon, same prices, same everything that you're used to. It's just that you're entering through our portal, and then Amazon gives us credit for the purchases you make. So start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. We continue here with your phone calls uh, with Corby listening in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Corby.
0: Corby. Hey, I have a question. Yes, sir. If California legalizes marijuana in November, would that make California more of a free state than New Hampshire?
1: I think that you have to look at things in the aggregate, uh, and one of the the ways that you can look there are different um, metrics, if you will. All the public
0: schools—that's a big word. Aggregate. What does that mean? It all <laughs> in total. Um,
1: like is is, it,
2: uh, is is it free altogether? Just because you can smoke a doob, it's one freedom. I can but go a down to people,
1: I can go down to Central Square here in Keene, New Hampshire, and smoke a doob. Well, most it's, pretty much any it's old not time. Legal.
2: I'll answer you this though: If um, Colorado decided to legalize marijuana then uh that would be a freer state than new hampshire i would i would guess because it was a near dead heat with uh colorado uh wasn't it colorado south dakota and new hampshire it was take a look at the mercatus center study from 2008 um i think it came out early 2008 you can look in the the top three states were're were nearly at a dead tide New Hampshire came was a was a head by a nose essentially
1: New Hampshire supposedly has the lowest tax burden uh, so as I understand it uh, they also have the lowest uh, the ratio of government employees to uh, regular people so it just all depends on how you're looking at things if you're just looking at marijuana legal or marijuana decrim slash legalization then yeah clearly California has been leading the way on that for you know a decade and a half
0: I would say that Colorado and California both have poker and marijuana, which are the only two things that I do that are illegal here in Texas. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, those two things are pretty big in my book of becoming a not a criminal versus being a, you know... Well, if that's
1: if that's all you care about is just you being able to do the things that you want to do, then that's what you should seek out. Uh, for me, I'd like to see freedom for uh, for as many people that want it, and I'd like to see freedom from coercion. Uh, for me, it doesn't. But for me, uh, I agree with you that c- poker and gambling and uh, and cannabis and things like that should be legal, and that's why I've engaged in those activities publicly uh, in acts of civil disobedience here in Keene uh, because I agree with you on those issues. But I also agree that other people shouldn't be coerced. Uh, against and the things that they find interesting, the things that they want to do whether it's homeschool or uh, or something else uh, in, entirely doing a business without asking for government permission, uh, etc. And so because I'm opposed to coercion, I'm opposed to human beings using violence and the threat thereof against other human beings. I'm willing to uh, you know, to work a little bit uh, I guess on a wider range of issues. But if all you are is, yeah. uh, is interested in those two issues, then that's what you should seek out.
0: Well, I admire your activism, and well, I strongly support your civil disobedience, but you've gone to jail more in the last month than I have in my life. So I try to, you know, you're not exactly my advice person for, I try to avoid jail, but I strongly support you, and I'm glad you do all the stuff you do, but I can't really go to jail because I don't have, like, people to support my, walk my dog, and, you know, i got to go to work and stuff, so. Sure, sure. But, yeah,
8: most but anyway, people can. anyway, I appreciate
0: everything you do, and, you know, I, I was just thinking it's kind of, it seems like in New Hampshire, even if you get twenty thousand people, I'm still not sure if those other nine hundred eighty thousand are pretty conservative types. You know, it seems like they're kind of outnumbered. Well, there's actually one point four
1: million of- people uh, around that in here in uh, New Hampshire, but I see where you're coming yeah. from. Uh, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, the thing is, the nine hundred thousand or the one point three pokers million. legal
2: in New Hampshire um, at the gambling places. I've seen. I've played it here, um, so it's legal when we play it out at the
1: Free Keen Fest
2: i don't know if they it's legal they well, don't, they don't you. arrest you right yeah I, paid it, I played it at dog track so you know uh, it, if if those are your issues then you should do what you want yeah, if you, if that's going to make you happy And I, we've said on the show i've said on the show multiple times look the free state project is for people who want to work towards freedom you don't need to get arrested to do it you could do it in no. a variety of different ways um there's there's lots of different things that people do and just being here will will give you ideas and the ways that you can act but um if you want to be free yourself, buy a sailboat and go, you know, sail out on the open seas. There's, there's nobody there to bother you. They won't tax you on your sailboat out there. You'll, you can eat fish and sunbathe.
1: Yeah, um, it, I guess it just all depends on what you want. For me, I well, first of all, I can go and I can play some poker with friends if I wanted to. I don't really care much about uh, gambling, but I could go and do that, and the government likely would not uh, find out. And I can go and smoke pot pretty much any, uh, anywhere I want to at other people's houses and things like that, and the government, very, very unlikely, they're going to find out about it. But even if they were to uh, fully legalize gambling and to fully legalize uh, pot smoking, would that really make you happy? Would you really be okay with paying? Let's see, California taxes, whatever the heck those are, the income tax. They've got city and probably city and state income tax out there, and depending on what cities you're in, uh, they already uh, paying taxes. So <laughs> right, they all they have a bunch of other, uh, you know, the burden the burdens of the state are very large out in California. So if you think that you're going to be happy uh, as other people are being aggressed against then by all means, go out and do that. But me, I don't like seeing people get hurt. I don't like seeing, uh, because I could, you know, I could have just gone about my life uh, without really ever doing any of this. Yeah, and the I chances of getting busted for pot
2: um, aren't that high, and um, you know, especially if you have some kind of sense about you, about how, how you go about it. And right.
1: so I could have just, you know, gotten a job, I could have smoked, uh, smoked my pot, I could have gambled with my friends, and I could have gone through my life like that. But it really bugs me when I see people who've never harmed another person uh, being put in jail for things. And it really bugs me, the idea that there are these uh, government parasite people out there just living off of the productive capacity of the people that are actually out providing products and services to other people. So that really gets at, uh, that really gets at me, and I can't just allow that to go on without speaking out and without doing something about it, without doing everything uh, that I, I believe that I can within my purview uh, to affect that. That's just how I am. So if you're not that way, that's okay, too. You can be however you want. And whatever it is that makes you happy, you should pursue that. I fully support you pursuing what makes you happy. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Because if everybody was made happy by the same things, it would be a pretty boring uh, universe out there, wouldn't it? So your thoughts are welcome here. We're going to get coming up here in uh, the third hour of the show. We've got audio uh... from the checkpoint uh, one of the ch- multitudes of checkpoints down in the southern uh, near the southern border uh, we're going to play some of that audio for you because the guy in that particular piece of audio isn't uh, he he cares about uh... freedom enough to stand up for it and take a, and take a risk uh... and if that's what you want to do if you want to be free then some risk is going to be involved and don't think just for a moment that you're going to be able to get involved in politics and not have any risk uh... be involved in that either they if you threaten if you do anything that threatens the status quo that threatens the uh, the parasites the the government people out there that are are sucking off of uh, productive capacity of people. They will do everything within their power to stop you.
2: The uh, political types are uh, are bemoaning that the apparently the Democrats uh, this year uh, it's them uh, are are ripping up signs and and making a big mess of things, stealing signs and that's stuff so like nasty. that. Nasty. It's just so
1: nasty politics it's nasty is behavior. Nasty.
2: But I mean, I understand why they do it. They feel threatened. Do you understand? I mean, that's what politics is. It's it's putting your guy in to threaten the other to guys. control other people. So it's, it's 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 a threatening thing. When I see that politician sign. For instance, there's a, a big government Democrat here in, in town, and I'm not saying I hate Democrats I'm just saying that this one in particular, not my favorite politician she's got her big green sign there, and I see that thing and i mm-hmm. i it's a threat to me mm. it's i mean it might as well say we hate. Free Saders are, you know, like something. It, to me, it is a personal threat when I see her sign, and there's a there's good reason that lady wants very badly to take take away from me the power for, to educate my child, the power that I have over my own earnings. Mm. Uh, the, you know, she wants to institute an income tax. She wants to, uh, you know, make people wear seatbelts. Adults, uh, grown adults, wear seatbelts. She wants anything and everything that has to do with the government getting bigger, stronger, and more intrusive.
1: You know, that particular politician, Sam, didn't you uh, ask her to do a, like a meeting with some of the the activists and she basically
4: blew you off? Is this a senator that? We're... Yeah. 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 So while, we, while I was in jail, I had people call in and I, I can't wait for her to uh, come back on the radio and oh, she will and do her little campaign. My yeah. plan is to uh, to actually call in and say, you know, when I was in jail, when, when, when I first moved to Keene, she happened to be at the Panera restaurant. And uh introduced myself. We said hi, talked for a minute, and she says, well, despite our differing views, I'm sure of one thing, that we can work together. And I'm like, okay, great. What kind of sense does that make So then when <laughs> I'm in jail, um, we have everybody call her. I'm being held without trial, indefinitely without trial. She doesn't return anybody's call. Uh, then, yeah, she came on the radio and said I'm on a listening campaign And I'm here to to listen to you If you want to meet with me Call and set up an appointment And I'll come out to your event So She I, was too busy for you Too busy, but she did have time for the teachers union mm-hmm. And here in New Hampshire In Cheshire County, where we do the show from They're spending $18,300 Per student per year It's outrageous I'm sure to her it's not enough
1: Probably not. Did she basically promise to do it later,
4: though, right? Like later on? Oh, she said, well, sorry, we ran out of time. Oh, so there's no
8: more promise on the table at all.
1: All right, more coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. You can take control and bring up anything. This
8: is Free Talk Live. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1. The first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com.
1: Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the show. You're invited to bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Uh, again, freetalklive.com, the features, main feature of the site, allows you, the listener, to contribute uh, the actual content of the website. And uh, that's what our listeners, thank goodness they do it, because it, uh, it's really become quite a great resource for the show. And if it weren't for listeners like you submitting things to freetalklive.com, there would be nothing there on the front page. It certainly would be a lot less interesting, because you get to go there and submit things that you find online that you like, and then other listeners vote on whether they like or dislike it. And the most liked items will make it to the front page and the top of our website, meaning we're more likely to see them and talk about them on the air. So head over to freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Back to the phones and the fun. We go to Jim in Florida. You're on Freetalk Live. Hello, Jim.
6: Hi. Um, I have a question. When people are saying, you know, let's vote these people out of office uh, in the November election, you know, it's really funny that um, these sheeples are, they don't think that you get rid of one politician, you got another corrupt one behind them.
1: You'd think they'd have figured what? that out by now because it's the same old scam every two to four years.
2: I think that these people are sort of in, in on it, though. I mean, I, the people the, that vote? Ma- yeah, many, many of them just, you know, they've got a team. Most of the people who are out there going going saying something like, "Go ahead and vote, vote, get out there, and vote if you don 't vote you can 't complain Those people by and large they're on they 've either got a big D or a big R on their chest and they 've either got a red jersey or a blue jersey so you know, the, so they've
1: embraced the idea of yeah. uh, forcing people things, to and, do and, things.
2: And then the people in the middle. There's there's two types of people, as the way I see it. In the middle, there's the uh, the independents, which of course include uh, the the libertarian liberty sort sorts that do vote, and the um the, the people that don't belong voting in the first place. You know, the ones that are like uh, he's pretty,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> well, even
6: if yeah, if, if they yeah, even do that,
1: mean, Go ahead, Jim.
6: Yeah, but, I mean, you know, it, it, it's these people saying they want change, and the only way to bring change is to change. I mean, you know, the, the the government is so corrupt, it's not funny, and it makes me sick. It really does. I mean, Obama has no grasp on what's going with real people. I'm unemployed. I've never been unemployed before, okay? he, You know, to, to make jobs and stuff... Stop sending those jobs overseas. Keep them here. Keep them here so people like me and 20 million other people who are laid off and for for a while, you know, uh, go back to work. And and you know, he, he was saying about change. When I didn't vote for Obama, so you know, I, I sit there and I whenever these politicians spew out all this stuff. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I sit there and say, Yeah, right. You know, I don't believe the politicians. I don't believe the president, because at this point, the United States is not the way it was 20, 30 years ago. I'm 43 years old, and I'm pretty tired of government coming into our lives you know, government is for the people by the people, not government uh, 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 is for the government by the true. government.
1: It's not true. That's just a fan. It's, I understand and I agree with a lot of your sentiments, but that last part uh, I disagree with. It's it's a fantasy to believe that government is for the people by the people, or whatever was for the people and by the people. It is it's,
2: it is for the people by the people, for the people in charge by the people in charge, and it's always exactly. government's always going to be that way. I mean, that's yeah. that's re- that's really that's how the how nature, was Thirty years ago, It's how it was
1: Sixty years ago, it's how it was. hundred years ago, uh, because government. Is force and it's a it's people wielding force over other human beings and therefore attracts the people who are interested in those sorts of positions
4: you know i think hands down there is a mass awakening going on i agree that is sweeping across the country and not just across the united states but around the world i think people are understanding that you know, government is lying to them, that they're not giving them a real picture of the way the world looks today. I mean, they're announcing new housing starts are up, it's, it's good yeah. news. Well, they're up because they revised the previous month's figures down mm-hmm. so that they could make it say that, oh, yeah, it, it went back up, and they're going to do the same thing next month when they revise this month's figures down so that the next month's so, go up.
6: So, Jim, what How do you propose? for unemployment? I mean, how about, they're lying about
4: that too. I mean, they're, they're reporting the U3 number instead of the U6 number. The, the problem is though. People are so indoctrinated. They're being bombarded with all of these messages, with all of this propaganda. They've been sent through the uh, the government's indoctrination camps that they call schools to, to be told, oh, now, you know, the government, we, we have to have government, because if not, then there would be uh, anarchy. And do, do you want people rioting in the streets and throwing bottles? Because that's what would happen. I mean, they, they paint this picture of this... Mad Max scenario that if the government wasn't here to come in and save the day, then we just we'd be all so screwed. And it's it's not true. We're screwed now because of the government. Yeah.
1: It,
6: oh it, yeah. It, yeah, we're definitely screwed because the uh, unemployment rate. You know they're they're touting it at nine point seven percent, but in reality, if you go on the government website, it's sixteen seventeen percent. The oh, real re- number. The real number of unemployment in actuality. Is almost like twenty two, twenty three percent. It's actually There's about twenty
4: one and a quarter right now.
6: Oh, okay, I mean the the point is is that you know this administration and the previous administration do not care for the working people. Now the working people are what keeps America great. That's the thing. You know the the people with their billions of dollars and they are sitting on their ivory tower. You know they have power, yes. But if it's, if if it wasn't for you know, the working class, those companies wouldn't have anybody, there wouldn't be any companies.
4: Yeah. You know, I think what we're seeing is really the end game of uh, uh, Keynes- Key- Keynesian economics. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mark's my pronunciation coach over here <laughs> for tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, not the greatest. Keynesian, but whatever. Keynesian. All right. <laughs> you know, we're seeing the end game of that. I mean, it's get, it's gotten to the extreme to where they're having to print so much money that it's, it's going to just continue inflating. Uh, China is downgrading the US's uh credit rating and once the world the the reason the dollar is so strong to begin with is because it's the reserve currency for everyone else out there so as the other smaller currencies begin to sink and lose value the the rats kind of run towards the highest point on the ship which is yeah. the the US dollar but once that changes and it's already starting to because of you know they're printing so much money because of the debt to GDP ratio Things are falling apart, and once the switch is made to where people don't rely on the dollar to be the uh, the reserve currency, demand is going to plummet, and then all probably almost overnight we'll see the dollar lose dramatic dramatically lose value, and and then you know it's it's so, sad to say, but it'll probably be too late at that point. You know what are what are people going to do? Well, is, what are you going to do,
1: Jim? And, I mean, I and, hear a lot I of. Mean, I hear a lot of things in what you're saying that I agree with, but what you, what's your plan?
6: I mean, the, the thing is, though, let let the people with their uh, making over 300000 dollars a year kicking more. And you
1: know, yeah. Forcing okay, but, uh, but, forcing people is never going to solve your problems. So forcing uh, more people to be more obedient, forcing more people uh, who are different from you to do things that you think they should do, is never going. That's what got us here in the first place. Is using force on other human beings, James. right?
2: Because the, the, that's the yeah. that's what they want you to do. They want you to say, "I will grab the holy grail of power and I will wield it to bash the bad people on the head." Those rich people need to pay or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but but the, that's what the well, rich people are doing. Too. Too. And by the way, the rich people are always going to be better at it than you are because they're the ones that are able to pay off the politicians. The idea that you're going to be able well, to, yeah. to get the uh, those those rich people to pay is just this fant fantasy that the government wants you to believe
6: so I mean where do we go from here i mean the the government's corrupt they don't give anything about they don't care about me or anybody else, nope. they're only out for themselves. That's right. The yep. thing is, though, what happens? Does China dump all of our debt, and then we go into an economic collapse, and then we spiral into, let's say, a civil war, or, you know... Well, hopefully not. Else, uh, hopefully you know? hopefully I
1: mean, we can... It's, it's, you're asking really great questions, and they deserve a good answer. Uh, and I would suggest that, number one, uh, one thing you can do is educate yourself about what it means to be free and what liberty really is all about and then once you come to that understanding then there are some other options that will open up for you like the free state project where people that love freedom people that understand that everybody should be free to live their life how they want whether they're rich or, oh, poor or whatever uh, should be allowed to yep. live life how they want so long as they aren't harming anyone else people like that are yep. getting together into the same place and there's some amazing things that are going to happen as a result of it. we'll tell you more about the free state project coming up thanks for the call you can take control of the airwaves this is free talk live
8: this Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com YourFamilyToday.
1: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-C-A-I toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. Uh, so head on over there and get interactive. Various different things all brought to you uh, by our wonderful sponsors and our listeners. The free Talk Live AMP program. Go to freetalklive.com. Have fun over there. Uh, also, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, it's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. In fact, we were just talking with uh, a call that I, I always enjoy uh, hearing, it's the type of call that I always enjoy hearing. It's the, the person who, who has gotten to the point of, of being so frustrated with what's going on out there. That they are just, they're fed up with the government. They realize that the two-party system is a big scam and that the, the whole government is just lying and it doesn't matter who's in charge. They're just screwing people over. They're rewarding their friends. They're punishing their enemies. And it doesn't matter what promises are made. They're always broken and nothing ever changes beyond the fact that the government gets more intrusive, more oppressive, more expensive, and so on and so forth. So I always enjoy those calls because there are people that are looking for solutions. There are people that are, are fed up, they're frustrated, they've tried the voting thing, that didn't work at the federal level, and they don't know what else to do. It seems impossible. And as far as changing the federal government, it is. It, it really is impossible. The system there is built to be as it is. To built, it's it's designed to get larger. It's designed to aggregate more power to itself. Well, all government
2: is, but if you have a smaller government, it's it's um it's not as much of an uh, attraction to the the truly evil people, um the the people that would be in charge of the
1: government. Right, you're the talking, bad boys want the federal government control. Yeah. right.
2: When you're talking about the, uh, you know, who, wh- what are the sickest most power-hungry people going to be attracted to? They're going to be attracted to the largest seat of power. Yes. What's the largest seat of power in the world? The Washington, D.C. So where are they? Do you That's think you're going to, in your spare time, mm-hmm. go up against these people mm-hmm. who, who, um, who have had generations and generations of these same people to build this monstrosity that is D.C.?
4: It doesn't seem very likely to me. But if I write them a letter they they have to read it and respond to me mark they're my cons- they're they're my representative
1: I think that jim is beyond that he is uh <laughs> he is frustrated he is is tired and he wants to uh he wanted to hear you know a solution and i've i I provided it briefly and i wanted to just dig into it a little bit further because and our longtime listeners already know what we're going to say. But there are always new people like Jim that are just tuning in for the first time. Right.
2: You could try to uh, try to imagine Free Talk Live's dilemma. When we first went on the air in 2002, we we're a couple of you know, liberty minded to some extent individuals, nothing like we are today. But what, what are the solutions for people that believe uh, that are libertarians, the Republicans say, well, get out there and vote Republican. The Democrats say, get out there and vote Democrat. And we know what the results of those are. We've had those. Um, Mm -hmm. We've had them recently. It's all Democrats now from 2008 to 2010. It was all Republicans from 2000 uh, to 2006. We know what the results of these things are. So... What, what what's the solution for libertarians get out and vote libertarian it's a foolish sol- solution on a national level
1: because you're still playing their game you're still playing the well, game i don't mind set playing
2: up. playing the game but you're not going to win uh, libertarians have been trying to play that game for a very long time so right how, well and even if the solution? libertarians
1: could win you would find out all of a sudden that the so-called libertarians you elected just turned out to be power sicko freaks that uh, that sought out the power and they figured the libertarian party would be their best way to get their whole, I, d- to get I don't hold know of. that i'm prepared to, to, to i'm believe prepared that. to say that having been a part of the libertarian. Party for a number of years and having watched the power seekers climb to the top of it, uh, even when they weren't winning elections, <laughs> the power seekers are already in control of uh, the, the National Libertarian Party. And again, as you pointed out, the, the deck is stacked against them. Uh, the, the, the politics in, in federal uh, federal government is not going to solve the problem. The thing you can do is, number one, learn about freedom. Learn about what it means to be free. And what it means to be free, from what I understand, is to allow other people to be free. Because if you try to control others... And Jim still had a little bit of that in his call, like, "Well, we should tax the rich," and we we kind of rejected that, and and he kind of came came around pretty pretty quickly, mm-hmm. um, because you know all you do has to really really just have to think for a moment to realize it's the rich that are in control. Uh, and like you mentioned, Mark, it's your free time that you're trying to change the federal government. The rich people pay full time lobbyists to go and uh, and do their uh, dirty work for them, and of course their friends are already in the government, and they're working to benefit their friends and in the industries and, and things like that. So it's it's pretty. Different. Difficult to do that. So what you have to do is you have to come to the point where you understand that in order to be free, you have to uh, grant that freedom to other people. You have to allow other people, whether they be rich or whether they be weird or whether they be you know des- undesirable, uh, to uh, to live their lives and make the choices that they want to make for themselves, as long as they aren't harming anyone else. And when you really start to understand and grasp and embrace uh, those ideas. I think that's when you're ready to actually do something more significant. Now, of course, you can get out there and do your best to spread those ideas. And you were talking, Sam, earlier about uh, you think there's a sea change going on. You think people are starting to wake up. Just because they're starting to wake up doesn't mean they're understanding liberty. It may mean they're just understanding there's something seriously wrong and that something needs to be
4: done. Yeah, I, I mean, I just want to throw in one quick example here. In the the small town where my family farm has been for 200 years, it's so small it's not even on Google Maps the old ladies at the general store eating breakfast are sitting down with my mom and they're saying, you know, they're having a conversation saying the government's not following the Constitution. And they're like, oh, we'll get, you know, some of the other ones are all, yes, they are. And, you know, my mom's like, look, my son moved to New Hampshire for this reason. But even in these small, in the middle of nowhere, America, cattle and, and farming towns, people are coming to the realization that something is very wrong. Sure, and that's where
1: it starts. Mm-hmm. But once you come to that realization, you then have to figure out what to do, yes. and then you have to be willing to do what it takes. And we're not even—I don't think we're cl- quite getting close no, to that yet. yet. Uh, and that's why the Free State Project is so important, because the Free State Project takes those people. It asks those people to take them. It asks those people who understand what's wrong and who understand what liberty means. It asks them and says, "Hey, come together." let 's do something about this, because what you 've been doing liberty movement hasn 't worked it yeah it 's done all right at getting the word out like you know the word out and we've been talking we talked to Lou Rockwell about this last night. The word about liberty has gotten out within the last decade more so than it has you know the entire you know, several decades before that so there's no doubt that the word's getting out thanks uh, thanks to the internet, but those people who now have the word and understand what liberty means have to take steps they have to take actions, and when you take those actions. And you're relatively alone. They don't do very much. They might make you feel good. But they're not going to have any impact. The, uh, the ripples from your stone in that water isn't going to do much. You have to get a bunch of stones or a boulder or whatever. You have to get enough stones together to throw them in there and, and really make a difference. And so that's why bringing liberty-minded people, people that get it together into the same geographic area, is, is already having an incredible effect. And it's only just beginning. We're only uh, to, the, to the point now with the Free State Project where a few hundred people have made the move to New Hampshire. And we're already, as I pointed out last Last night, we're showing showing up on the map of Lou Rockwell, who runs the most popular liberty-oriented website uh, on the internet. This guy was well aware of what's been going on in Keene. He knew that Sam and I were arrested a couple of weeks ago. I mean, when I think about Lou Rockwell, I think this guy's too damn busy to, you know, be uh, be paying attention to what we're doing up here in Little old Keene, New Hampshire. But man, he was. All full of compliments for, uh, for what was going on up here. So we're starting to throw those rocks in and those people are getting together uh, and it's starting to make a difference. And it can be huge and it will be huge as soon as you get here. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. Uh, it's, I think, the most potent idea for achieving liberty in our lifetime that I've ever seen. That's why I joined. That's why I moved. More coming up at 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there for free. So head on over there and uh, grab some news updates. You can get signed up and receive our emailed updates or follow our Twitter profile or Facebook. Whichever way works best for you, you get it. For free. Over at news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue here, we're talking about what you can do uh, in order to achieve liberty in your lifetime. And it requires, in my opinion, getting together with other people and then being willing to stand up for what you believe in instead of just going along to get along. Let's go to, to uh, Daviv in New Hampshire. Daviv, you're on Free Talk Live. Daviv? Hello? Are you getting the name right? I don't know. if um, That's how it's spelled. <laughs> David. Hello. Oh, it's David. Yep. Hey, David. What's on your mind Hello.
10: tonight? Um, I was going to say, I still vote sometimes. Yeah, me too. Actually, they called me today, and they want me to help them with stuff. Who's and I they? I looked at the ba- uh, some people. When you get in a voting list, they give you phone calls a lot. For one
4: of the uh, Republican or Democrat parties?
10: Exactly. Okay. Yep. yep. And, um... I went and looked at the ballot today and I saw see this is my thing for voting I don't like I don't like politicians but I, sometimes I do have a preference mm-hmm, or i sure. really like to get rid of somebody. Well, right, David,
1: but when you're voting locally, it can actually make a difference, whereas at yeah. the federal level, it doesn't make a difference.
2: Right. When you're voting for, say, Obama or McCain, I mean, you're, you're really saying it's... It, killer for, number one or right.
1: killer number two?
2: For one, you're, you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, your vote not counting, because it really doesn't count statistically. If you were to, to, you know, to take your vote out of the running at this point that you cast back in 2008... They wouldn't miss you. Yeah, o- Obama still would have taken in new hampshire or um you know one way or the other so that doesn't really matter and he's just the guy who's uh, the conductor in front of the choir on the titanic as it goes down it doesn't really matter which um you know what song they're playing on the boat as it sinks the boat she's a sinking um yeah. uh, you know on a local level i can totally i can totally see why some people are on on specific issues will vote specific ways um, i went
1: and registered to vote the other day
10: you like, mean? you might want to get rid of some council people. Mm-hmm. I also saw Eli Rivera's name on there. I don't know that's what the local, you all think of him. That's the if, local
1: police prosecutor that uh, may have a bit of a temper uh, from what some... I, think I call him up, a danger
4: to the community.
8: Yeah. Right.
4: And so are well, you going to vote for the other guy? No. <laughs> I'm going to uh, create some campaign ads for him. Let's see.
2: see you, <laughs> you know, this is, this is how it goes. Is I, I personally, um, I would prefer... I prefer to see it, – it seems to me that Eli might have some anger management issues um, surrounding the, the Free State Project. And I'm a Free Stater, so do I want this guy to be the sheriff I don't know that I do, so I might just vote for this other guy. That's, uh, that's he's the there. incumbent, yeah, the incumbent. I, is is life that much better? I don't think so. But you know, that's if you are going to go there and you are going to vote in your, you know, for your your town ordinances and things like that that mm-hmm. they're trying to pass, and I think those are worth going to vote for. Well,
1: and there is actually going to be uh, somebody who's on the ballot uh, in this area who is uh, a free stater, uh, somebody who is running for uh, you know the Democrat ticket and has a good chance. You think so? Well, I mean, I, from what I've everything I've been looking at, I he I says was the insiders skeptical. are doing
2: everything they can to work against him. Apparently. Sure, but he's he's um, you know it's a seven. There's a seven slots.
1: There's eight, eight people running. People, yeah. So
2: he's all running to do for be-
10: a representative. Yeah, yeah, Andrew
1: Carroll at the uh, as a Democrat. Andrew
10: Carroll. Yeah. And that's going to be on this ballot.
1: Uh okay. that's correct. That's correct.
10: Yeah. So, uh, and you can get more
1: information. I think his website's NH dot org. I'm not positive. I don't have it in front of me right and now. He's, but he's got Facebooks two R's well. and two L's in Carol. Yeah, Andrew is a is a heck of a nice guy, and he's uh, he's been here for about a few years now, and he's he's very young but very brilliant. And well educated, uh, so you might want to look into him. But yeah, I agree with you, David, that it makes a difference when you're when you're doing things on a local level. Mark, you you told a story once about a fire truck thing that actually literally passed by one vote. Or yeah, it
2: was it wasn't the fire truck; it was a uh, it was a road truck. But yes, okay. the fire truck passed the next year, and it did and It passed by several votes. Um, one of
1: them passed by one vote. Though, well,
2: yeah, man. one of them passed by one vote. So if I would have, and I couldn't go to that because I was down in Florida begging the wasting governor, your time, be- begging the governor to give me a, a pardon. <laughs> and um, so if I would have actually. Shown up at this and voted, then that would have uh, you know changed that particular
1: situation. But they would have just got it next year. David, anything else you want to share tonight?
10: I just want to say I was in the peace line the other day and I said hi to I think it was Sam, but I saw the Mark by accident.
4: What's the peace? Oh, oh, the peace. Uh, you mean
1: like yeah, the peace
10: protest out on the square?
4: Yeah, I ride my bike through there and see see those guys. I, I stopped in a couple weeks ago and and chatted with them. Uh, just to kind of get a sense for where they're at, because a lot of those folks, you know, they want to end the war, and Obama is their savior. He's going to come save the day. Oh, they still believe in Obama? Well, that's that's where it was, you know, six months ago. Now they're kind of realizing, okay, you know, Hmm. maybe Obama's not going to do all the things that he said, so— I just kind of like to check in with them, but uh, yeah. yeah, stop me and say hi if you uh, if you see me out, David. Well, there's also something really
1: creepy going on tonight in uh, Keene's Central Square. Uh, what's going
4: on, Sam? You want to talk about that? I, I
1: think it's a surprise. Oh, you is it a surprise? I guess we shouldn't away. talk. We shouldn't talk about that. There will be likely will be pictures on keen dot com tomorrow of what's going and on. And that
10: now? is. That is at the uh, nightcap. Yeah,
1: that's right, tonight. Thanks, Uh, David, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, sir, and uh, people can learn more at freekeen.com. So speaking of um, the the, the people out doing the peace vigil on
2: Saturday mornings in Keene, New Hampshire, Uh I don't know how this applies to the rest of the nation, but since we're talking about it, we'll talk about it. Um, One of them is a very old gentleman who goes to my Quaker meeting, Uh and... He was telling me we were it was a very small meeting. Everybody was away at uh, the, the New England yearly meeting. So it was a very small meeting of just a, a few of us. And he, he was telling me about reading Tolstoy or something like that. And I said, I'm not going to give his name, but, uh, uh, you know, I said, Al, are you an anarchist? And he nodded his head at me. Mm. I'm not sure if he heard what I said, <laughs> but I that was the you know, you know, he I, the, <laughs> Tolstoy. Anarchist, like that's what he claimed right there. So I don't. I mean, it was so odd. What? I, what? It it does seem like Keen's the right place for a lot of this activism, though.
1: <laughs> All right, we're going to come uh, continue with your phone calls. Frank is on the line in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank.
7: Uh, good evening, gentlemen.
1: What's
2: on your mind? Yeah,
7: I think Tolstoy was uh, an Octoberist, uh, part of that tradition.
2: I'll take a look at that and uh, study on yeah. it. But thank you for it's uh, letting very me know.
7: interesting. No, I wanted to. I was. Uh, Taken by the hard reality of as you define the end game, with our certain uh, political, economic, uh, superstructure machine uh, that, that leaves in its way uh, hopelessness and depression uh, in many domains, I think right now, even the power elite is fully aware that this really is the end game. Yeah, Uh, the system is basically bankrupt. Well, they want Uh, to milk it for
1: all it's worth, though. In the meantime, correct. Cupboards blind.
7: Rip it off and take the last bit of capital. Then buy real goods with it, and then let the dollar implode or let the uh, uh, fiat currency collapse. Mm -hmm. And those that got the last bit of money that had value that invested or purchased real assets, then they'll be sitting uh, safely over the next, you know. Uh, 10 or 20 years as we go through tremendous, painful changes. But remember, it's it's very easy for the people to, uh, uh, once they realize that, it's very easy for them to sort of dismantle the system and the uh, regime of oppression if it's a police grid, a technological police grid. That the elite seems to be very concerned about implementing. It, as it opens we know.
4: it opens them up, Frank, to uh, to uh, like alternative ideas. To where if I go up and you know spew, spew my philosophy over somebody that you know life is great, everything's fine for them, and they're happy, they have a job, uh, you know, two cars, wife, correct, the house. They don't want to hear it, you know. Once no, starts starts in that
7: case becomes an edifying experience or something uh, that's sort of a path fancy. But when the stomach is empty, and the masses don't have work, and they don't have bread, and right they don't have any kind of uh, how can we say representation then the system becomes very interesting as it goes right into- well as we
1: heard from jim earlier he's out of his job uh, out of a job for the first time in his life thank you frank for the call I appreciate hearing no from problem. you at 800-259-9231 and he'd come to the conclusion that the politicians weren't going to help him uh you can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments oh and we've got about uh, we still got to get to that uh, audio from the the border patrol checkpoint So, have got that ready more coming up it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. In these remaining moments, enough time for your call. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam you can go and watch and listen to the show. Also, interact uh, with the folks in the chat room, because our chat is built into the same page as the webcam. So head on over and get interactive at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam dot freetalklive dot com the webcam brought to you by memorydealers dot com
2: memorydealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are one hundred percent compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers out there and up to ninety nine percent off of list price but if you if you're not buying in the market for optical transceivers and few people are this is a, it's it's sort of a a high end I don't know n- computer gizmo Sam.
4: Optical transceivers? Optical transce- transceivers sends and receives data. So yeah. it's like a, something you'd put in a network backbone. Okay. Well, they cor- also offer... Cor- corporate networks would use this. If you're <laughs> offer... a WAN administrator, sorry. <laughs> they
2: offer great prices and service on used networking equipment, such as Cisco routers and switches, so you can get uh, you know stuff that uh, the average person uses, too, dot MemoryDealers.com.
1: All right. So I've got the audio here that I grabbed from a uh, great blog, CheckpointUSA.org, org. Head over there, click the blog. If you go to CheckpointUSA.org, you don't go straight to the blog. You have to click the blog choice on the left-hand side. But when you get there, you're going to want to subscribe. You're going to bookmark it or whatever you do with blogs. Uh, because Terry over there really comes up with some golden video footage Uh, he finds this stuff i'm sure people send it to him because he has inspired people to emulate him and this is what is so important about stepping out of your uh, comfort zone and setting an example and and standing up for what you believe and we've been talking about that tonight because when you do it and now that we have the, the Internet, you can do it in a visible fashion. Other people can see what you've done. That inspires people. reason why I uh, s- recently stood in front of a police cruiser as they were kidnapping a young woman here in Keene, New Hampshire, is because I was inspired by David Krause, uh, one of the activists that uh, that is here in the area, who did it before me. And uh, he was inspired by somebody else and so on and so forth. So, Have so, any of them been effective? Have any of them been effective? It just doesn't seem like uh, standing in front of a police car is
2: going to stop them from taking someone away
1: no it didn't stop them but it loaded up their court system with an extra four uh, four arrests and trials there you go yeah and it also showed people that uh regular folks can have courage and they can do something that is you know a little bit brave and impede the police for a little while at least and then maybe if other people show up what do you think mark would happen if 30 people surrounded that police car and linked their arms together i'm not sure I'd be interested to find out. Yeah, me too. Before the person was put in the car is what I'm talking about. So there are, the more people we get here, the more people that that can uh, actually take actions that, that have a little bit of risk involved in them, the more significant change that we can see happen. I
2: can see that they would consider that a threat. You know, the police the police would consider that a threat and they might very no, well it's call in a threat. In. They, I think they would call it that. When, once they're not able to do their duties...
1: Well, they, like you'd, you'd be charged with the same crime you'd be charged with for standing in front of the police car. It's just that you'd be preventing them sure. from putting the person in the car at that point rather than trying to prevent them from driving away. So uh, so this is a one man, and he was all alone. And again, as I said before, if you're all alone, there's only so much that can can come out of this. But in the very least, it's personally empowering for him. It's a personally empowering moment for him to stand up against these thugs uh, that are demanding information and demanding obedience from him. He stands up against them, and let me just get to the audio, and we can continue analysis here in moments. This is from CheckpointUSA.org. And I've got it muted, so let's try it
3: now.
8: a citizen, sir. U.S. citizen. Pop the trunk, please, sir. I I mind if I uh,
3: pop the trunk. I don't consent to any searches. You don't consent? No. Who do you work for? Excuse me? Who do you work for? I don't consent to any conversations like that. Who do you work for? I don't consent to that conversation. Okay, go ahead and park over there. Are you detaining me? No.
1: Good question to ask. (laughs) Am I being detained? Are you detaining me? Uh, Because
2: that sounded like a a detention to me. Go ahead and park over there. That Mm -hmm. wasn't, I'm going to have to ask
1: you to park over there, which is the way that they're trained to do that. Yeah. he'll come back with the, I'm going to ask you, or uh, he'll come back with the asking language in a moment here.
3: No. No. I'm not being detained. No, sir. But you can park over there. No.
1: Oh, you can park over there. Well, thank you, but I'll just be moving along right, right now. <laughs> I, I could wear <laughs> clown nose too. <laughs>
2: but, but since I'm not being detained, I guess I'm free to go, right? But
3: you can park over there. No.
4: So I'm so being detained. Minutes. Can... Yeah, it's getting flustered. I'm rec- I recorded the whole thing, okay? That's good. Okay they love it when you record I'm asking him to go to secondary he doesn't want
1: to go to secondary he's just asking just asking you to go over to secondary now first it was uh, you need to go over there now it's uh, oh I'm just asking him he may I'm
4: asking him to go to secondary he doesn't want to go to secondary
6: yeah I'm asking I'm asking why um, I'm being asked to be uh, sent to secondary excuse me I'm-, I'm asking why I'm
4: being sent to secondary
6: why are you secondary
4: because I asked him if he wanted if I could
6: uh, look in his truck, and she says no. Yeah, this is an immigration uh, checkpoint. It's
9: immigration checkpoint. Yes, yeah, can Pull sir. over to secondary.
6: Is there any reason to believe that I'm not a U.S. citizen? Is my immigration status in question? Ask him. Is my immigration status in question, sir? Yes. Sir. Yes? yes. That. So you asked me about my trunk, and that's that has to. What does that have to do with my immigration status?
3: Am I free to leave? Yes. No. I'm not free to leave. No. I'm being detained. Oh. You're being secondary. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, now
2: we're just gonna make up new stuff, new words. You've <laughs> been secondaried. No. Is this a Supreme Court rule on the secondary stuff yet, pal? <laughs>
4: Because if it hasn't, I don't need to stay. And if you're not free to go, you're under arrest. I mean, he's made an arrest here. you're being here, detained. Whether well, you he's detained. saying this or not.
1: Well, there's, there's the there's, magical category of detention, crap. which <laughs> is between arrest and uh, and free to go. While they investigate to figure out a reason to arrest you. Yeah. yeah, that's what okay. they're looking for. You're being
4: secondary.
1: Okay, so, that, so I'm being secondary... Okay, now but when he st- – I cut it, the audio, there's about 10 more seconds where the guy's just looking at the other cop and they, you know, they're doing whatever it is they're doing. He didn't answer the question and then finally – Yes, sir. Thank you. See you later. Now what you couldn't hear is the very end they said, U.S. citizen or something like that, which is what they say at the very beginning of the audio where he answers uh, in the affirmative. Now what I think would be interesting is, uh, is when somebody finally says, What's a citizen? yeah (laughs) can you show me evidence that a citizen exists and then i'll be able to tell you whether i am one or not uh but nonetheless the guy did an amazing job here he's all by himself he's got his camera he's surrounded by multiple agents
4: and And it's scary uh, oh my god it's it's nerve-wracking especially the first time when i first went in and flew without id through the airport's my hands were shaking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the adrenaline's I, pumping.
2: When I told the, uh, the, the, the TSA that I didn't want them touching me for a secondary shakedown because they felt that my, uh, because my driver's license was expired, I just brought in. I had a, a second one, so I'm like, oh, I'll just carry this one with me. Keep the, the good one in the car. It's not like I need a, you know, this is a valid form of ID, right? No, they decided to, to secondary screen me because I had a, you know, an old driver's license. And I'm like, well, I don't want you touching me. They just circled up on me. Uh, There were nine of them and a dog. I mean, they just came after me because the crime is disobedience. They knew that I didn't have anything on me. I was just not complying with their stupid little fabric badges. They didn't have real badges, they got little sewed on (laughs) yellow ones. Oh, they
4: have real ones now. Yeah,
2: right. But at the time, you know, they're just, you know, badges made of cloth and then the the cops come the the one cop has the audacity this is a real police officer has the audacity to say uh, you got a problem i mean uh, like like we were third graders or something it's just ridiculous ridiculous
4: it's it's high school mentality i mean they they train these cops to to think that You know, we're the good guys. The criminals are the bad guys. They give them the trophies just like they do in the government high school. And Mm -hmm. that mentality, that high school mentality, is just pervasive throughout the, the police organizations that I know.
1: Well, at least in high school, you know who the bullies are, and you don't have any illusions as to what they are, whereas most people are still confused about the police. You know, they still believe that these are, are men and women who have some sort of legitimate control over their lives. Well, you're wearing a uniform, and you've been given a badge, and so therefore you must be in control of me. But no, you're in con- they're in control because they've got a billy club, and they've got a, a gun uh, on their and hip. And backup. Right. And, and that's why this guy is so brave in what he did, because... It could have been the next uh, pastor guy. It could have been the next time where they pull somebody out through the car window and beat the crap out of him. So incredibly uh, brave what this guy did, considering he was all alone. Very personally empowering. Is it going to make a, a dent in the way those bureaucrats behave? Nope. They're going to move him through, and then the next person's going to be victimized, and the next person after that's going to be sent. Out, they're going to be secondaried. Uh, they're going to just be secondarying people all day long. And and so hopefully that you'll see more people feel empowered by this and try things like this. But I I think they'll be better off if they're here in you know somewhere like New Hampshire yep. where you'll have backup. You can call pork four one one and then say hey I'm getting harassed here at this checkpoint
4: and fo- people are going to show up. And they do these checkpoints here in New Hampshire. I'm looking forward to uh, going out and doing this uh, next time they. You know, do they start, do them in New Hampshire? I've I've got I've heard port 411s where yeah. people are calling in. Yep, roving ones, not uh, stationary ones. Interesting. Love to go find them.
1: We are out of time. You can go see the video for yourself over at and just that way you can see the look on these bureaucrats faces are pretty priceless. Over at checkpointusa.org we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com stand up for your freedom. You don't do it who will? What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at FreeKeene.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest liberty forum in New Hampshire, and more at FreeKeene.com. That's FreeKeene.com.